Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. What's going on, you crazy Cuse fans? This is Fizz Radio on the score 1260. I'm Tyler Aki. I'm with you until 10 o'clock on the voice of the central New York sports fan. Got a lot to get to in today's episode. Going to have Tim Leonard on later on in the show. He's going to talk about a piece that he wrote for us on orangefizz.net. It involves the classic $15 Twitter game that you may have seen over the last couple of years or so where you got a $15 budget and you got to concoct a team that is going to just be a world beater. Concoct the best team you can out of out of what's given to you in front of you given the salary budget. So that's going to take up Fizz feedback for this week. And then I'll also get to some Bayheim's Army thoughts. I was down in Brooklyn this past week, so I got to see some absolutely brilliant games out of the Syracuse alumni team. Got to see some really good basketball too. And this summer I've been to the basketball tournament and I have been to Big 3. And let me just tell you right now, if you have to pick between one of them, go to the basketball tournament. It is a, a great product that they put on. Uh, an absolutely wonderful event. You get the fans really into it as well. So go go check out the basketball tournament, especially if anyone's down in Atlanta this week. Be sure to go check that out. They put on a great thing. I believe everyone's playing in Atlanta, and, and there are some really cool teams that are being formed, especially now that we get to the Super 16 where you can pick up some guys. I know Jack Cooley, who everyone everyone gives him some crap because he is the summer league lifer, but he's got a cup of coffee in the NBA. He was fantastic at Notre Dame, but he's on Team Jimmer now. So if you want to see Jack Cooley and Jimmer Fredette team up, go check that out. Also, I've been really high on this Ohio State team that they've got going too. So be sure to go check those two teams out as well as Bayheim's Army because I'm sure that is the main event for anyone listening to this program or to, if you're getting this in podcast form later on. Anyways, I want to get into some football start thoughts to start off the show. The ACC, again, we went through the media wrap-up all in last week's episode, so if you missed out on that, be sure to check it out online, orangefizz.net, also on iTunes, Orange Fizz. Be sure to subscribe, and you'll get all the latest episodes. So if you want to check any of that out, that's all out on the interwebs somewhere. But Eric Dungy got one vote for ACC Player of the Year. And it kind of got me thinking, what would it take for Eric Dungy to be named the ACC Player of the Year? Now, I got a vote in this, and I'm going to be completely transparent on it. I voted for A.J. Dillon. And I think, again, if you watched the Syracuse-Boston College game last year, and A.J. Dillon is the one who was named the preseason player of the year. But if you watched that game, you saw something special out of this kid. Again, just a freshman. He absolutely torched Syracuse, had a bunch of long touchdown runs in the game. And you just kind of saw something special. This is a future NFL guy. He's going to be a stud in the league, I believe. And it's no surprise to me. I mean, you're looking at the at the top guys in this ACC player of the year, and you're looking at a bunch of guys who are going to be good and maybe even some great players in the NFL. Christian Wilkins is going to be a stud. He finished behind Dylan. I'm not as high on Ryan Finley, but again, people say he's got this Phillip Rivers type potential in him, not just because he went to NC State. And then Cam Akers, again, 
a freshman running back last season. He's going to be a sophomore this year. Put up some some great numbers, had, had some highlight plays with the Seminoles. On, on a Seminoles team that, quite frankly, it was bad last year. It was not a good team, and Cam Akers really seemed like the lone bright spot. At times, it even seems like he was the only one out there who really who really gave a crap at times. So, But anyways, back to my original point. What would it take for Eric Dungy to win ACC Player of the Year? First of all, this team has to go to a bowl game, but not just go to a bowl game. This team has to get seven wins. This can't be a cheap six and six bowl. You have to get in at a seven and five record. I also think you have to play out of your mind in the bowl game. The only way that Eric Dungy, in my mind, can can win this award though, is that he has to perform in these prime time type of games. Syracuse has to be in it in the Clemson game. I'm not saying they necessarily have to win because going down to Death Valley and pulling off an upset against a team that's going to be ranked top three probably when you face them, you're going to have to pull off an upset, but you're going to have to play a great game if you want to be considered an ACC Player of the Year candidate. Along with that, and and I'll get into some some number stuff later, but along with that, he, he obviously has to play all 12 games, which has not been a given, although he seems very confident that he will play this year in all 12 games. But again, I'll believe it when I see it. Next up, you've got to pull off one big upset this year. Unlikely it's going to be Clemson, although there seems to be some growing optimism that maybe it can be Clemson. But again, super tough game. You're going to be on the road. You also have Florida State at home. That's a potential upset game. Primetime television, potentially. And you have Notre Dame. Those are three marquee matchups on your schedule. And we've seen it these last two years under Dino Babers. Syracuse seemingly now has this knack to pull off a big upset a year. They're due for a big upset a year. And I I think we're going to see one this year too. I think Notre Dame's a primetime candidate. A lot of people are starting to call that a trap game. But I think too, you could upend a Florida State team early on in the year if you catch them at the right time. Again, this is a team that is undergoing a coaching change. How quickly can Willie Taggart get guys to buy into his system? How quickly can that team mesh after a mess of a 2017 season? It's going to be interesting to see how things shake up. And if they don't come ready to play a Syracuse team, they are going to lose. If Syracuse plays a good enough game, they're at home. You've got a home field advantage in that aspect. you got the Dome. It should be rocking for a Florida State opponent. That's going to be probably a top 25 team by the time these two teams square off. The ACC opener. I don't have Florida State's schedule right in front of me, but I know it's not the first tough game they play because they I want to say they square off against Virginia Tech right out of the gate, but for Syracuse, it'll be the ACC opener. You're listening to Fizz Radio right here on the score 1260. Tyler Aki with you until 10 o'clock this morning. Stats-wise for Eric Dungy, I think we're going to have to see 25 passing touchdowns at least. And I think we're going to have to see him come up well past 4,000 yards. And again, that's not impossible under Dino Baber's system. We saw Matt Johnson do it a couple years ago at Bowling Green State where he actually went over 5,000 yards. So we're going to have to see Eric Dungy really turn on the Jets offensively and again I think it can happen the only thing that's going to hold him back is health 
if he can't stay healthy, he can kiss this award goodbye and, and it'd all be a moot point. All right, coming up, we'll talk Bayheim's Army. Got a big matchup this week down in Atlanta. What to expect and what I saw in Brooklyn. That's coming up on the Score 1260. Back on Fizz Radio, Score 1260, Tyler Aki with you until 10 o'clock on this Saturday morning. Hope you're all having a great start to your morning here in Syracuse or wherever you may be listening. All right, I just wrapped up a little bit of football talk. You miss any of that, you can check out the podcast version of the show. That's going to be on iTunes by searching Orange Fizz. Be sure to subscribe to us and drop us a five-star rating while you're at it. All right, so last week I was at Bayheim's Army up in Brooklyn. And I got to say, they, they do a heck of a job putting this whole event on. I was a huge fan of the whole setup. The atmosphere was great in New York City. Again, it was about 95% Syracuse fans, and it didn't help, too, for the other teams at least, that Syracuse had an alumni base, whereas the other teams were kind of a motley bunch of of college guys. One of the teams, the first team they played, the South Jamaica Kings, it was mostly D2, D3, NAIA guys, so not a lot of big names on either of those teams. This week, they go up against Armored Athlete. You may recognize a couple of the names. Will Sheehy was one that stuck out to me. Stefan Moody as well. Armored Athlete, actually, they've got two boosters too. And again, this is where you see some of the big names come out. But Cody Zeller and Victor Oladipo. So Victor Oladipo, one of the rising names in the NBA, is a part of the basketball tournament. So it's cool to see that some of these guys are really getting involved and trying to make this product succeed. But anyways, a couple of thoughts from what I saw last week at Bayheim's Army. First of all... I've I've watched a lot of Derrick Rose over my life being from Chicago. I've attended many Bulls games. I've seen a lot of Bulls games. I have not seen a guard split through a defense like John Gillen since Derrick Rose. I mean, I, I since prime MVP Derrick Rose, the way that John Gillen, and again, the level of talent obviously isn't the same as it is in the NBA, but... The way that John Gillen gets through some of these defenses, and again, part of it is due to his size. He's six feet in shoes. And I remember seeing this in college when he was playing for Syracuse, but it's the same thing. He can split through a defense like no other. It's unbelievable. The way that he can just, uh, it's a quick crossover, and then boom, a cut right through, and, and he gets to the hole. Or he, he can find a dish. And another guy who, who's getting overlooked I think a lot is Demetrius Nichols Nichols has played phenomenal throughout this tournament he's still got the stroke with him again some of the other guys have really struggled I haven't seen a lot out of Brandon Trish yet Eric Devendorf has shown flashes but hasn't really been the guy Chris Joseph I thought was going to be a little bit better too in this but hasn't stepped up I don't think he's really gotten the minutes either maybe he's still trying to acclimate himself because again a lot of these guys are returning guys to this team so that they've been through the system but Chris Joseph is, is a fresh face on this Bayheim's army squad but John Gillen has certainly stood out to me and and I've talked with Kevin Belby about this in the past the GM of Bayheim's army and he says that this is a launching pad for some of these guys to to get noticed by a scout and, and occasionally he'll get asked about certain guys and will John Gillen maybe get his shot because of what he can do against some of this international talent that's playing in the basketball tournament. One last thing I want to hit on about TBT 
real quick is the Elam ending. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's this new way that the, the games end. So basically, the final, once it's the first dead ball in the under four minute mark of the fourth quarter. And what you do is you take the winnings, the leading team score, and you add seven. And that is now your designated target score. And it's the first team to, to hit that score win. So it kind of eliminates the need to foul at the end of games. And a lot of teams are implementing strategy where the second you get under four minutes, if you're the winning team, you're going to call a timeout right there just to make that Elam ending score as, as short as possible. And if you're the winning team and you don't have the ball, you foul right away because then that makes your journey to that score, or at least the other team's journey to that score, as hard as possible. And my thoughts on the Elam ending are this. I like the rule. I really do think it's a good rule, and I think it's smart. However, I would not want to see it played anywhere besides this format of the basketball tournament and AAU basketball. Because I think there is something valuable to be taught in making free throws and being able to step up to the line in a clutch situation and knock down two at the stripe when it really matters. And again, I think it works for something like this and something like AAU ball, but I don't ever see this coming to the NBA. I don't ever see this coming to college. I frankly don't ever see it coming to high school aside from maybe AAU. And maybe you throw it into youth sports as well. All right, coming up next, we'll have Tim Leonard on. He's going to talk about an article he wrote for orangefizz.net. You're listening to Fizz Radio. All right, we're back on Fizz Radio on the score 1260, Tyler Aki. And I'm joined now by Tim Leonard. We're going to do something a little different this time around. We're actually bumping up Fizz feedback. In fact, I have a feeling this is going to be a two-segment long Fizz feedback that we've got going for us right now. And some of you may be wondering, hey, Tyler, where are the questions that you usually put out on Twitter, the polls for us to vote on? Well, we're actually going to ditch that this week because, Tim Leonard, you wrote a fantastic article for us on orangefizz.net, and you got a lot of traction with it on Twitter as well. So I'm sure everyone in this day and age in the Twitterverse is well-versed in this $15 lineup. And Tim, I got to tip my hat to you. I loved what you did here. So you gave out values and said, okay, build your $15 lineup. We'll do a new age Syracuse team, and we'll also do an old school and and like all-time Syracuse team. So Tim, first of all, thanks for joining me. I'm so happy we can talk about this here on Fizz Feedback. always a pleasure. Yep. So no, I, I, I like this article a lot. It, it was fun to make, and it's always fun to dissect these. I've seen it with other teams, but it's cool to put it to Syracuse, and it'll be good to go through this because there's so many different ways you could go about it. It's just fun to visualize these guys all playing on the same court. So first of all, you caught some heat, and I, I think we just have to address <laughs> this first. There, there were some trolls. There were some people that did catch kind of a lethal As air always. made by you. Um <laughs> Yeah, just want to address that first. On, uh, you want to get that out of the way? Part. Yeah, I, I'll take. I'll fall on the sword real quick because Caleb Joseph was my two dollar. What I wrote down obviously meant to put Chris Joseph. Huge difference between the two, as all Syracuse fans know. And uh, Caleb, unfortunately, now playing for Creighton, and it didn't have the career that we all envisioned following after Chris Joseph, but. 
big mistake on my part, and I and I apologize to any fans, as I said on Twitter, that had to relive the Caleb Joseph days when they saw that accidental mistake on my part. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know if Caleb Joseph would be worth two cents. So no. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll move past that. It is indeed Chris Joseph, another member of Bayheim's Army, who's been playing this. These past couple of weeks for Kevin Belby and the boys, the great showing out in New York City, as I talked about earlier. Anyways, let's get into these lineups. Where do you want to start? Do we want to read through some of the favorite ones that we had, that we saw, or do we want to go through ours first? Yeah, I mean, just to break it down for everyone, the $5 guys are, are pretty simple. It's the all-time greats for Syracuse, Pearl Washington, Dave Bing, Carmelo Anthony, of course, Derek Coleman, and Roosevelt Bowie at the center position. You could go a couple different ways in best center all time. I put Bowie there, and then Hakeem Warwick is the $4 guy. But I don't know. There's different ways to go about it. I thought Adam Friedman, I hope I'm saying that name. Oh, sorry, Andrew Friedman. He replied to the tweet and said, Johnny Flynn was his point guard, who was a $1 point guard. So he went cheap on the point guard. But he got Dave Bing at $5, Mello at $5, Lewis Orr at $2, and Eton Thomas at $1. So that's an example of going star heavy, which might actually be the best way to do it. Because if you think about it, if you have Mello and Bing on the same team, I don't know if anyone's beating you, if, if that could actually be a, a reality. And I, I don't know, that's one way to do it. Sometimes when you break these down, people want you to structure it and have one five one four dollar one three dollar and so forth i think it's more fun personally to just have fifteen dollars and do whatever you want and you can pick three two guards and two forwards so you can go no center or have two centers just because it's it's cool to make the lineup you want it's more flexible that way and provides more options but I thought Andrew Friedman going star heavy. When I saw that, I, I kind of regretted how I made my lineup because Mellow and Bing together is, is tough to top. And, and let's be clear with this, too. When we talk about these teams that we're making, the player you get is their peak. Okay? We're right, not talking exactly. about... Uh, th- so, say they, they stay two years. We're not giving you like the, the composite of their careers. We are talking about what was their peak season and, and what did they bring to the table in that year. Yeah, like a C.J. Fair, he didn't start till his junior year. And then senior year and junior year, of course, he was great. So you think of C.J. Fair senior year when you're looking at C.J. Fair. All right, you're listening to Fizz Radio here on The Score 1260. If you're catching us in podcast form right now, pause the podcast. Unfortunately, you can't pause radio yet, which is kind of baffling to me that we're not at that point yet where we can pause radio. Anyways... Um, pause your podcast if that's how you are coming to us right now and pull up the article on orangefizz.net and you you can play along with us as you go so you brought up one team that you saw that you liked Um, I saw one team that actually was my exact team and it comes to us from Gregory at Greg Hotteling I hope I'm saying that right Mello, Moten, Preston Shumpert John Wallace and Etan Thomas and I gotta say, I think you're you're messing this up if you're not going mellow, because yeah. he has arguably the greatest freshman season of all time. If you're not taking mellow or Bing, you're messing this up. Yeah, you've got to take one of those two. It's tough because I don't think Derek Coleman got hardly any love in this, and it's just because he was grouped with the other five dollar guys. I mean, 
there are some people that included him, a fair amount of responses, but compared to the elite guys and those $5 guys, he was one of the fewer ones that was selected. You were willing to take the hit. Yeah, because, I mean, Melo is your playmaker then, and you're getting a guy that's going to give you 20-25 a night, and you know he's as clutch as they get. And we're talking about the guy that led Syracuse to their only national title. It's hard to not as a freshman. immediately go right to him. Yeah, it really would be tough to pass him up. And maybe a guy like a Dave Bing or a Bill Smith gets lost in the fold just because they didn't play for Jim Beheim, too. So Yeah, it's hard to – it's also – Dave Bing, of course, because he was he hasn't played in a while. It's not fresh in our mind, but he's a top 50 greatest NBA player ever. And I know this is college-based, but he's someone that was easily one of the best players every time and every year of his college career. And is, I think, if you just look at the numbers, the best player in Syracuse history. I don't know if that's really an yeah, argument even. Yeah, that's fair. So it, if I'm going... If I'm not going mellow, I'm probably going Dave Bing just based on the sheer numbers that he put up in his college career. All right. You want to go through your team right now real quick? Yeah. So my all-time team, I jostle with this a little bit. I actually – so I went I, – I didn't go mellow. Or I did go mellow, and I went GMAC as my other kind of high purchase because he was $4. Mm-hmm. I think – It'd just be awesome to reignite that, of course, and have GMAC in his peak career along with Melo together. We know they were great together for that one season the national title. Then I had Wes Johnson, who was only a dollar and basically a steal, Big East Player of the Year. Then I got Lawrence Moden, another guard, who, of course, is the Syracuse all-time leading scorer and the Big East all-time leading scorer. He's only $3 just because he's behind a lot of good guards in the Syracuse all-time universe, of course. So I think, and then, of course, my center following that up was Bill Smith, who's not bad at all. The gem, the hidden gem. The hidden gem, exactly. So I've got a guy that's going to anchor the back half of the 2-3 zone in Smith. I've got Mello and GMAC, who, if the clock's winding down and the shot clock's going down and we need a bucket, they're going to give it to me. Not to mention, Moden can shoot from deep. Wes Johnson can spread it out. And these are all guys that are good defenders and know how to play the 2-3 zone. So I was pretty happy with how it went. I basically went all in on Mello and GMAC and then rounded out around that. And I think Wes Johnson's a steal. Yeah, that you got a lot of 20-point-per-game scores on that team right there. Yeah, it's hard not to, I guess, when you're looking at the best players in Syracuse history. But what was your lineup? What are you thinking? So... My lineup was one that a fan created. Who uh, I it was Gregory, but I, I went Lawrence Moten. Then at, at my two, I took. Who did I take at my two? Why is this evading me right now? Oh, Preston Shumpert. Preston right? Shumpert. Yep. Um, so I went Moten, Shumpert, and or Carmelo. So that puts me up to ten dollars right there. And then I went John Wallace and Etan Thomas. So there's my fifteen. Yeah. John Wallace is really solid. He I might want, have gotten overlooked a little bit. I, I went with big guys. Like, right. I, I really went for the, some size there. The big wings in terms of – so I did the modern lineup too, of course. Mm-hmm. And We'll, we'll get to modern lineups on the other side of the break. Yeah, there's definitely ways you can look at how you want to form your 2-3 zone. But when you've got Carmelo and John Wallace in yours – 
that's just a lot of length on, yeah. on the perimeter and also no regardless of who your anchor or your that's a lot of beef is. right there too yeah granted Mello was yeah. a little skinnier back in his syracuse days yeah just a little bit yeah <laughs> now he can't find a job Actually, you can't find a job, but well, I don't know if that Houston was... Houston Rockets were willing to give him, what, $2.5 million or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so, uh, like a vet min or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Hopefully oh, he what gets a demise. A resurgence Are with, we going to do a Demise Rockets. of Mellow podcast? We could go on and on about that. I don't know. It's good that he's away from the Thunder, though, in all seriousness. I yeah. think it's good that he's got a change of face. I want to see him in like a western conference finals or play some big time minutes because we know he's got that clutch gene he proved it at syracuse he's proved it on team usa but he just hasn't been on enough good nba teams yeah such a shame i mean is he gonna go down as one of the wasted talents of this time of this Uh, generation i mean he's a hall of famer he's a hall of famer although have you seen some stuff going around on twitter saying Melo's not a hall of famer Right, that's that. It's that's asinine. Just people, that's just people seeing what's been and everyone's saying the past too. Years. Everyone's saying like, "Oh, Carmelo Anthony is." It's going to be his Team USA resume that puts him over the top. No, his NBA resume is perfectly fine, and I think people just didn't watch him before he played for the Knicks. People forget Nuggets Mellow. Nuggets, Nuggets Mellow was Mello the best Mellow. Really good. Yeah. Nuggets Mellow was yeah, absolutely no no doubt in my mind. So. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll get to our modern lineups on the other side. Hang tight, Tim. We're going to be right, right back. We'll be back. We'll have our modern lineups, $15. That's coming up on the other side. You're listening to Fizz Radio. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Fizz Feedback, an extended special edition of Fizz Feedback. We've got Tim Leonard here on the Score 1260. I'm Tyler Rocky. Going over our $15 Syracuse lineups, we just did the all-time lineup. That This is all in correspondence with an article that Tim wrote on orangefizz.net, so be sure to check it out real quick. And now it's time to get into our modern-day lineups. And I kind of like how you did this. You did you gave us both the modern-day uh, setup, and you also gave us the former players and, and all-time players. So I, I, I like that you gave us two options, especially for some of the short-minded people. So we're going from the national championships, from the national championship season all the way to the present and yep. you, you got a lot of interesting stuff here so why don't you go through your lineup real quick all right so my motto was if i'm doing a modern lineup i'm going to stick to the modern brand of basketball and how it's shifting Ooh, I which like is that. of course positionless players three and jack threes right three and d spread it out so I went Tyler Ennis as my point guard. He's worth three dollars, right in the middle of that point guard listing. G Mac again. I love G Mac. If you can't tell, because he was in my all-time lineup too. But he's five dollars in my shooting guard in this lineup. I also grabbed a shooting guard in Tyus Battle at three dollars. So my backcourt Ennis, G Mac, Tyus, and then O'Shea and Tyler Lydon is my front court. So not a ton of size. I'll be honest. If I'm if I'm going against the UNC or you know a front court of Kennedy Meeks and Isaiah Hicks or something like that, I I might be getting banged around yeah, on the boards. Toast. But but my my thought process was think about how how much clutch genes you have in that backcourt with Tyler Ennis, G Mac, and Tyus Battle. If I need a bucket down the stretch, like we're not losing close games, and then O'Shea is 
the prototypical modern like if he continues to improve his three-point shot he's exactly what nba players are looking for in a forward nowadays and tyler Lydon, of course is also kind of the prototypical stretch five so they're going to chuck threes all over the floor we're going to make tons of threes we're going to run and gun and those three backcourt guys are going to get us buckets when we need them down the stretch okay so here's mine and and i'm kind of doing this on the fly so i may need to do some math along the way but okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go brandon trish for two dollars at my first guard kind of a steal kind of a steal i think we've both we're both in agreement this is a steal brandon trish at two dollars then now you're gonna say i'm cheating because of how i'm gonna go about this but i'm gonna say tyus battle because of what he's about to do his junior season you and i are both very high on what tyus battle is about to become so maybe some people are saying, oh, for $3, like giving me the present brand of Tyus Battle is not $3 worthy, but I'm going 2018-2019 Tyus Battle because as you and I have both talked about on this, he is about to explode this upcoming season. He's been training with Drew Hanlon. He's been working out with guys like Jason Tatum, Mo Bamba, Joel Embiid, RJ Barrett, He's working out with the best of the best. He's working out with two chains, too, which kind of gets <laughs> lost in translation. I actually asked him about that at Bayheim's Army. He's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, You don't always get to, to rock with some guy like that, and, and he gets to train with all these big names. And we're actually going to try to have Drew Hanlon on a podcast at some point just to talk about what he's been doing with Tyus Battle and how he's getting him ready, as well as his brand and what he's been doing because he has done some excellent work in producing some of these NBA stars. And who knows, right. maybe Ty's battle is next in that line if he's really putting in the work and, and getting in with Drew Hanlon at this early point of his career. Um, so I'm going with that. Are, are you going to call me a cheater on that? No, that's are you gonna fine. Va- are you going to vacate my future wins? I'm the guy. No, I'm not going to. Are we going to be taking down banners? I'm taking down no banners. I'll allow it because I'm, I'm on – the same camp as you i think tyus breaks out this year and what he's been doing this offseason he has a genuine want to come back and that's what you said when you yeah. talked to him at bayheim's army he is someone that's coming back to win a national title and he's putting in the work right now so i'll allow it he's he's a steal at three dollars if you factor that in all right so i i'm happy you're letting me do that okay so, so what am up i up to, to i'm up to five all right. Well, here, I'm, I might skip around here. I'm going to go to my forward right now and pick up Mellow because, as I said in the last segment, you need Mellow. You need Mellow. So I'm up to 10 I've got $5 left to split here. How do I do this? I kind of want Rakeem Christmas, but do I settle for Scoop Jardine? Yes, I, I, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. All right. I'm going to go I'll Rock. I'll you to slide in Malachi, too. I, I think Ooh, Malachi. I think I would and, do that. Yeah. I would I do think, that, yeah. So my, my basis and a lot of people that responded on Twitter were were complaining that Malachi wasn't on there and also Wes Johnson they thought was undervalued, especially compared to C.J. Fair. I just went with guys that were four years. I gave them an added bonus because I like the old school four-year guys. I'm you a huge college basketball fan. It's, it's a little extra. C.J. Fair scored 17 points a game almost in that first year when Syracuse became the ACC team that he led them to that 21-0 start and and I don't know I, I value what he did for four years at Syracuse. Wes Johnson was also phenomenal but he was only there for a year so I'm going to give him the edge 
at least in the all-time lineup and in that regard. But when you look at a guy like Malachi, he probably should be on this list. I just gave Scoop the edge because he was also one of those guys that stayed at Syracuse for a while. All right, well, if you're giving me Malachi, I will take up your offer. I, I, I like Malachi at that spot. Because that, let's just say this, Malachi had cojones. I mean, it, it yeah. takes a special person to go, what do you go, like 0 for 10, 0 for 11 against St. John's from three, his freshman, and, or I guess his yep. only season. Um, but, I mean, he's an NBA pro, and he worked his way. He, he he dubbed the Mal candidate, so we owe a portion of our success to him. Right. So let's match up our teams against each other All right. So Tyler Ennis is my point guard. You've got Trish. I've got right? Trish. Kind of similar guys. I don't know who gets who gets a nod there. I mean, Ennis, of course, didn't play as long as Trish, and right. we didn't get to see him develop. But he was that year, I think, one of the best freshmen. Yeah, in I'll, the I'll give you the edge on Ennis. Okay, and then G Mac, you took battle. I took battle, but you also took you also took battle too. Right. So how are we so going to do we'll, this? We'll match up. Is oh, battle think, just a net I think neutral? My backcourt, my backcourt is going to beat your backcourt, but my front court is where I get exposed. Because yeah, I my front court would mash on you. Right. O'Shea versus Mello is the forward spot. And, and let's be honest, I've got the best player on the floor. Yeah. I have Mello. I have the best player on the floor. So, I don't know. It'd be a tight game. We both have battles, so that's a cross-off. I guess I've the thing... The, you know, hold up real quick. I just realized, I think I have five ball-dominant guys. Like, yeah. it, it's it's a five alpha lineup. Right. Which, Mike, I mean, you know you know what they say, Tyler Rocky. There's, There's only, only one, one basketball. basketball. <laughs> That's what they say. People forget. Sometimes sometimes they let you play with two. Not often. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, when you're doing these type of lineups, though, you're going to get a lot of ball-dominant guys. I think. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think for me, at least I have Ennis. Like, he's going to work it around. Yeah. T-Mac by no means is selfish. You've got Mello though. I've got Mello. I've got Mello, Battle, and Malachi. Those guys never pass the ball. <laughs> yeah, they kind of do their own thing. They kind of need their own space to operate. Although, how much of that is, especially in Tyus's case, how much of that is just the environment and the that and is the fair, yeah, because because he took a, a, a backseat his freshman year. But again, I'm talking. I guess we're both talking about 2018, 2019. Tyus battle and, and that I don't think will be as ball dominant because hearing some of the rumblings from the guys at Bayheim's army, they're pretty high on Jalen Carey. They think he's a future NBA guy. Give him a, a, a couple years because he's strong. He can finish at the rim and, and he's got the shot too. And Braswell's pretty underrated. They're saying too. So it's always good to hear that. I'm always interested in what the former Syracuse guys think of the incoming recruits to the next Syracuse roster and so forth because those guys definitely know what they're talking about. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I, I pretty much picked, I guess I, I picked four ball-dominant guys. Nice. Yeah, and and then Rack's just going to absolutely destroy Leiden on the yeah. boards. Oh, in yeah. our it won't be close. <laughs> I, I'm going to outboard here. you. Uh, O'Shea, maybe. Yeah, I think year two O'Shea I mean, is going to average a double-double. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, actually. I think I think O'Shea also takes a leap. We're clearly very high on, on Syracuse's upcoming season. Yeah. Uh, real quick, let's get to some of the modern lineups that I see here. 
Uh, we'll just go through them. First one I see right now is Michael Benege, Andy Routens, CJ Fair, Wes Johnson, and Fab Mello. I mean, again, I, I've been saying it the whole time. I think you have to pony up for Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, I like Benege. I think Benege kind, kind of, of a steal. Yeah. I mean, people forget he scored double digits. What was it? I think he scored every single game in the final four year in 2016. Yeah, he it was, was very consistent, very solid. He w- yeah, no, he was of, double digits every single game. Yeah, yeah. Waiters is kind of funky because I think how he played in the NBA makes him look way better. I mean, right. he was good at Syracuse, and he was obviously a very high draft pick. I think he was, what, third overall? Third overall, not, yeah. Yeah, so he was an uber talent, and we always knew that. But he was in a jam-packed Syracuse team and didn't really get a chance to prove his college career or do a ton numbers-wise in college. So it's kind of weird. I, I kind of stayed away from picking waiters because it's tough to decide which waiters you're picking. Yeah. Uh, another one I'm seeing here is from Nick Laux. He says, Ennis at $3, Battle at $3, Demetrius Nichols at $3, O'Shea at a buck, and Christmas at $4. And that, that lineup actually only adds up to $14. And that's a pretty good $14 lineup. Yeah. If you get some type of bonus... For only having fourteen, for going under the cap, I guess you could just pick off a six man then for a dollar. Yeah, and he said, uh, he really said, give me it. Malachi for a dollar. Eh, that's fair. Yeah, I'll give him that. I like Zach's lineup. Yankees got two seven two two. Had Ennis as his point guard. Rowden's two dollars. Nichols three dollars. Mello, of course, five dollars. And then Fab Mello, two dollars. So he's getting that's solid, yeah. He's getting pretty solid front court with the two Mellows there. I think Nichols is also underrated. I know I keep saying a lot of these guys are steals, but Nichols put up almost twenty a game in his last season at Syracuse, and is now the hero of Bayheim's armor right? too. <laughs> That must have been crazy to see that shot in person. Um, that was. And I talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, and I mean Demetrius Nichols, he. He might be the best player out there that I've seen so far. Although, I've also talked about a little bit of some of the other teams that I've seen out there. First of all, Jack Cooley, the pride of my high school, is now playing on Team Jimmer. So oh, he just man. got picked I'm... up. People for, people don't realize this, but Jack Cooley, whenever he goes down to the G League, just dominates. Yeah. He, he puts I... up like 2020s every single game. He's a freak. So He's too good for them. Scene unseen Jimmer playing shades of his college career. If if Cuser, <laughs> if Bayheim's Army doesn't win, I'm all in on Team Jimmer going all the way. I so I guess I have to root for Cooley now. But um the team that I'm that I really like and think is super entertaining is the Ohio State team. Yeah. You got Jared Sullinger, John Diebler, Aaron Kraft, Dallas Lauderdale. Also it's a lot funnier, so this summer I read Mark, Mark Titus's book coach don't put me in and if you read that book and then watch this team it's so much funnier i think greg odin's playing for them too yeah i think he or is, the shell right? of greg odin's playing for them yeah. but I, I mean sullinger was putting up numbers overseas yeah he's like of all these i mean that guys, was a quality know, nba guy who just fell off the map yeah and he had some really good years for the celtics it's it's weird to think but I don't know. I'm not saying all these guys are in shape, of course. They've been training for 
what is going on. And Sullinger's really fall from grace was partially because he probably didn't get an NBA shape quick enough in his NBA career. But he is someone that has been playing at a high level for a while now. Like, just in terms of resume, he's probably one of the better players in that tournament. Yeah, he also looks like he's about to box someone every time, so... He, he likes to get a little too physical sometimes in these in these games. Granted, they're playing for $2 million. That's, that's life-changing money. So, All right, that's going to do it for us here on Fizz Radio. Special thanks to Tim Leonard for, first of all, making this game for us to play for Fizz Feedback and then joining me for Fizz Feedback. Tim, we'll talk soon. We will talk soon. Fun as always. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Fizz Radio. Be sure to check us out on Twitter. Facebook, SoundCloud, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Orange Fizz, and then be sure to check us out online, orangefizz.net. All right, thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday, Syracuse.